What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael. We are going to be talking transfers. It's, it's open season on the Mountain West, folks. It's, it's not looking good uh, in terms of retaining talent. CSU, Fresno State, the, the preseason offensive and defensive player of the year have both moved on from the league. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about Boyd Grant, who unfortunately passed away earlier this week. Colorado State men's basketball legend. So I just kind of want to talk about his legacy a little bit. And then briefly, we're just going to talk about the 2017 Alabama game. I recently rewatched it. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but I had a couple of takeaways. I think figured, you know, it'd be fun to reminisce back when things were still a little bit more exciting. And obviously Warren Jackson, that was kind of his breakout game. You know, that was kind of the moment everyone was like, oh, man, this guy's going to be different. So it was just fun to, to go back and watch that game. I don't know. I, I enjoy rewatching it. I didn't used to really like watching games that I already knew the outcome of. But this was kind of interesting. One, because there's a lot of Alabama talent, obviously, that, that's now in the next level. And it's fun to see how CSU, you know, how they kind of shaped up against it. And God, dude, that team was so deep. But also, it's just fun to, you know, think about what I what I forgot about. And, you know, I've talked a bunch of times about how that's one of my favorite trips of all time. Really a dream come true. So it was just fun. And, and I figured it'd be fun to talk about something a little more lighthearted. Obviously, it's been nothing but disappointment uh, when it comes to the Mountain West and really CSU lately. So I just figured it'd be cool. You know, I think you guys will like it. Hopefully you do. If not, that's too damn bad. Shout out to Holes. I need to watch that movie soon. Anywho, the the Avs have recently advanced to the second round of the playoffs. They're going to match up against the Dallas Stars, who just who just went crazy on Calgary Thursday night. It was it was really absurd. Calgary was up three zero, and then they ended up giving up six or seven goals in a row. Just absolutely crazy. Anyways, Avalanche have advanced. They're going to be taking on Dallas. There's no better way to to enjoy the NHL playoffs than with an ice-cold Breckenridge beer in your hand. And guys, now's the perfect time to hit up the farmhouse. It's, it's socially distanced. It's a beautiful setup. They've got plenty of space outside. If you're not, if you know, if you're more comfortable at home, just go grab a 12-pack. You know, you can really try it all. There's just so many awesome choices. Obviously, the Avalanche Amber Ale, Hot Peak IPA. I've been big on Mountain Beach lately. Strawberry Sky is always a hit. I know they've got a couple of other things coming out soon, too. So tons of tons of Breck options. You can get it delivered straight to your door with the Drizzly app. This is super, super kick-ass. And hey, like I said, definitely check out the farmhouse. It's just a really fun experience. Call 303-803-1380 from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. for pickup. If you use DNVR with your order, you're going to get $5 off. That's clutch, you know, supporting local businesses, supporting our partners is a form of supporting us. Shout out to Breckenridge. We love them. You love them. Breck Brew. All right, let's talk transfer portal. The transfer portal basically has become college football's version of free agency, except it's a lot more secretive because not everyone has access to it. And free agency has basically just become a completely public process. Manny Jones, a star defensive end, outside linebacker, really edge rusher, you know, whatever you want to classify him as, ha- 
has decided to enter the transfer portal that came out on Thursday evening. Kind of disappointing, obviously, anytime you in the same week you lose the the person who tied for the lead and sacks with five. He tied with Philip Jan Bond back last season. And then, you know, obviously that comes on the heels of losing Trey McBride and Warren Jackson. Those two accounted for, you know, 57%, I believe, of CSU's receiving touchdowns. They combined for 12 last year. I think they had 21 total. Two of the leading receivers on the squad. God, man, it's just been tough the last month. I mean, really the last couple of months, but the last month in particular, this August has just been a month from hell. You know, it's the song by Green Day, Wake Me Up When September Ends. Well, wake me up when September begins because I am just so done with August, man. Everything that happens has just been bullshit. It's just been frustration after frustration. And I'm not even, you know, I'm I'm not mad at the players for transferring at all. I don't want this to be misconstrued or anything like that. I get it. You got to do what's you know best for you. I wrote a column about it right now. With so much uncertainty surrounding the future, it's really tough to blame the players because nobody knows what the heck is going on. Nobody knows, you know, what the plan is. As of right now, players that transfer, you know, even if you transfer somewhere where they do plan on playing football this fall, there's no guarantee that you're going to get immediate eligibility. You would need a waiver, which really wouldn't surprise me. You know, I, I said the other day, it wouldn't surprise me if if some star players end up getting waivers. But even if you do have to sit out, at least you know, you know what your future plan is supposed to look like. And the Mountain West can't say that right now. If you play in the Mountain West, you know, maybe they'll play in the spring, but nobody really knows what that's going to look like, how many games it'll be, let alone, you know, eligibility, scholarship on top of that. You know, you got to figure out if they do play this spring, what's it going to look like next fall? These are all things that players want to know. I wrote in my column, nobody expects the Mountain West, you know, to have all the answers. I don't think that would be fair. It's it's a fluid situation. And I think most people understand that, you know, the COVID-19 numbers around the country, that's going to greatly impact whether the games are actually played this spring or not. I, I'm, I'm not saying the Mountain West needs to definitively come out and be like, this is what's going to happen. But if you at least, you know, release some type of outline, some type of plan, like, even before in the summer, when when everybody was still wondering what the football season was going to look like, at least they announced, you know, the intention was to play an eight game conference schedule plus two non-conference games. You know, that gives people a, a frame of mind, a place to start planning. Right now, it's just nothing but question marks. And if you're paying attention on Twitter, you know, there are all kinds of tweets from parents of student athletes just being like, what in the heck is going on? You know, are, are we going to play in spring? What the, you know, what's going to happen? Trying really hard not to say swear words here. It's just a total crapshoot, man. It's, it's really, really frustrating. And, and I don't blame players for wanting out. And it's going to be, you know, down the line, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with this fall football season because, you know, we already know if they don't play, they're going to lose a bunch of money. But if the other leagues do play and do it successfully, it's going to be tough for the Mountain West to to come back and and justify it. Even beyond that, though, the the damage might already be done. It's it's open season right now. You know, like I said, Manny Jones is out. Trey McBride is out. He's receiving interest from a bunch of big programs. Should probably find out where he's headed soon. It's not just CSU, though. You know, it's 
Fresno State, they lost Justin Rice. He's supposed to be the defensive. He's the preseason defensive player of the year. Had like 112 total tackles last year. Forced, you know, four or five fumbles. Had a couple picks. Had a couple sacks. The dude was a beast. And he's going to Arkansas State, the Sun Belt, where they plan on playing football this year. Even if even if the other leagues, you know, try and play and don't, if they, you know, poach a bunch of players over the next couple of weeks, over the next month or two or whatever, the damage is going to be already done. You know, those teams are already going to be screwed. And I just, I don't, there's so many layers here. I know it's a, a crappy situation, but man, I just, I'm telling you, it feels like the Mountain West is in a really, really bad spot. And I wonder, you know, are they ever going to be able to recover from this? I, I don't want to use too much hyperbole because I'm, I'm a big proponent of letting the cards play out and seeing how this all unfolds. But, you know, if you saw the conversation I had with my guy David Sweeney and, and Keegan Pope on Twitter today, there there's a lot of money that the Mountain West is already losing. If they already lose all these players, too. God, man, how do you come back from that over the next couple of years? What do you do? What do you do? I don't know. It's it's fucked for the lack of a better word. It's fucked. So going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. I I don't think we've seen the last of transfers from CSU. Or, you know, other programs around the league, though, and it's a shame, you know, as somebody that that really enjoys covering this league, who's followed the Mountain West for Oh, God, so long. Well, my entire life, pretty much, you know. It's it's a shame. So we'll see what happens. We'll see, you know, if the league's able to recover. We'll see how many players end up transferring out. We'll see if they actually play in the spring. We'll see what all of that looks like. But right now, it is a tough, tough time to be a fan of a Mountain West team. All right, let's let's lighten the mood a little bit. Let's discuss that 2017 Alabama trip. Let's talk about a CSU Rams legend in Tiny Grant. But first, let's talk about our partners, DraftKings Sportsbook. Sure, the regular season is fun, but there's only one thing that can compare to the excitement of basketball's playoffs, and that is having some skin in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Basketball has made its way back through the regular season. Now it's time to crown a champion, and DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you in the center of the action. For every day that you bet at least $20 on basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook will give you a $10 free bet. That's right, for every $20 you spend, you'll get a $10 free bet to place on NBA Live Action. That is badass. Along with that, you know, they've got player props, quarter-by-quarter live betting. You can even bet on live baskets. It's exhilarating. It's so much fun. It makes every single second of every game interesting. Gotta love that. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all new users can get a $10 free bet when placing a bet of $20 or more on all first-round playoff action. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is going all out by offering a free $10 bet when placing a $20 bet on all first round action. Just use the code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Speaking of DraftKings, it's time to do a little segment I like to call the DraftKings Pick of the Week. 
the Colorado Avalanche are going to be taking on the Dallas Stars in the second round. I've talked a lot about you can't you can't bet on your favorite teams too frequently because it just makes losing sting so much. But this Avs team, they just feel different. When you watch them, they they play so hard. I think that Nazem Kadri edition was so big. They get so much effort out of you know the third line Nikushkin. I, I just butchered that pronunciation, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Matt Calvert, all these guys, just such a fun team. They skate so hard. They play for each other, and the superstars, you know, they're just so unselfish. I think about the other day when. You know, they they came after Kale McCarr, Phoenix did in that series, and Nathan McKinnon just beat the living hell out of the dude with the the type of dad strength that <laughs> uh, somebody shouldn't have for his age, to be honest. But I don't know. I just I think this abs team is destined for greatness. I really feel like they are the best team in the NHL. I think Nathan McKinnon is the best player in the NHL. Right now, the series line for Colorado Dallas is minus one ninety-five with the abs obviously being decent favorites. I like it. You know, I, I feel pretty comfortable with that. It's it's obviously not necessarily the, the sexiest return in the world, but it, it seems like a pretty safe, secure bet, in my opinion. I think Dallas is going to score. I think they'll probably take it to, you know, five, six games. But I, I really just think that this Colorado team is different, and, and I'm locking it in. Colorado at minus 195 to take down the Dallas Stars in advance to the Western Finals. Go Avs, baby. Go McKinnon. Go McCarr. Woo! Oh, also, make sure you check out all our Avs coverage because it is killer. Just so insightful. I've, I've learned so much about hockey over the last couple of months. Big shout-out to Evan, Rudo, and AJ, our DNVR Avs team. All right. Like I said, we are going to wrap up this podcast with some talk about that 2017 Alabama game. Just something a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted. First, though, a little bit more somber news. Not really news at this point. It came out a couple of days ago, but Boyd Grant, uh, more probably more known as Tiny Grant, has passed away at the age of 87 with a stroke. This is a name that is synonymous with Colorado State basketball. He played back when it was still, you know, Colorado A&M. He was a point guard in the mid-50s here. Coached coached under Jim Williams as an assistant for 12 years here. And, and you know, then he, he went on to have a ton of success. Won a national title at the JUCO level. Won a couple of WAC championships and took Fresno State to the NIT in the 80s back when the NIT was, you know, still a lot bigger deal. And then, you know, he came back to CSU to, you know, finish his career at the end of the 80s and really just had a ton of success, went 81 and 46 overall, led CSU to the only two WAC championships that the program ever had, took him to a third place finish in the NIT in 88, a couple of NCAA tournament appearances in 89 and 90. I mean, arguably, he's probably the the greatest coach in, in CSU basketball history inducted into the Hall of Fame in the CSU Athletic Hall of Fame back in 93. Really just a a Rams legend through and through and a guy that had just a tremendous, tremendous impact on on college basketball as a whole. He will certainly be missed, but his legacy is going to live on forever. He's just one of those dudes that is always going to be revered as a Rams legend. And, And that's really cool. You know, that's one of the cool things about sports. 
it allows, you know, some of these really influential people to, you know, be to live on through the through the tales we tell about them for years to come. Rest in peace, Tiny Grant. You will be missed. Cool. Let's wrap up this podcast now and talk about one of my favorite memories from CSU football, at least from covering the Rams. That first month of that 2017 in general is is one of my just better memories from covering the team. Obviously, you open the stadium against Oregon State. You have a really, really just brutally frustrating loss to Colorado. I mean, let's be real. CSU got screwed in that game. Just total phantom offensive pass interference calls completely changed the entire momentum of the game. I'm not sure I've ever seen a, a team jobbed as much as the Rams got jobbed by the refs in that game. I'll never forget Bobo coming out after and, you know, coming out pretty spicy about the officials. And he later apologized, but he shouldn't have, man. He should have just been like, hell yeah, I said what I said. Those those refs sucked ass because they did. Excuse me, that was not professional at all. <laughs> oh, that game gets me heated. But the the Alabama game was just such a dream come true for me. You know, as, a, as somebody that, that grew up following these two teams, the opportunity to get to see them play in person was just unreal. Happened actually, technically, my freshman year at CSU. CSU went down there in 2013, back when McElwain was still the head coach. I was actually working for the team at that point, but I didn't get to go on that trip. Still fun to watch that game. Uh, you know, see Shaq Barrett, Bernard Blake had a great game as well. Higgins played pretty well in that game in 2013. But the 2017 game was, it was a lot different. Alabama jumped out to a really big early lead, you know, 17-0. It really could have been 21-0 in a a matter of minutes. Jalen Hurts actually missed a wide open throw downfield that would have been a touchdown. But this this game was such, such an example of just athletic mismatches. And in hindsight, I really think the fact that the game ended up being as as tight as it was shows, you know, just how hard that Rams team did play in that game and, and should be commended for because, like I said, I've I've watched Bama year in and year out, and that 2017 team, they're as good as, you know, just about any Bama team there's ever been. Obviously went on to win the national championship. In retrospect, though, it's just so funny to see, you know, CSU scored the first rushing touchdown of the season against Alabama that year. It was week four at that point. They still hadn't given up a rushing touchdown. The Rams ended up scoring more points against that Alabama defense than anybody else did for the entire season. That's insane. That's like every year I I come back to that stat and it always just blows my mind that that actually happened. And and the other thing that, that always cracks me up about that game is just the fact that CSU was able to come back and, and score a couple of touchdowns late. And after they went for two, Nick Saban actually got so mad that he put the starters back in. Now, I don't I don't know if that was because he was mad at CSU or if he was mad at his own players, you know, for letting the Rams get back in the game and kind of showing a message, you know, we're we play four quarters, we got to play a complete game. But it cracks me up, man. It just cracks me up every single time. CSU of all teams for the legendary Nick Saban to put the starters back into the football game. You would have never guessed that in a million years. Never, ever, ever. That's what makes these games so fun, though. That's why I'm such a big proponent 
of scheduling up, of taking these trips. I talked about it with CSU men's basketball and the Duke trip last year. What do you really have to lose? Football is a little bit different of an argument because you only play 12 games. So I get I get that retrospect. If if you have a chance of actually contending or something or, you know, being a top 10 or 15 team, then maybe you don't want to eat that early loss. But if you're playing, you know, a top five team or in this case, a number one team in Alabama, that's not ever they're never going to punish you for losing to that team, especially not on the road between what you can gain financially and and more importantly, in my opinion, what you gain just from a confidence standpoint, from a team chemistry standpoint, after learning that, you know, I can go out there and I can I can play for four quarters with anybody. I just think that's invaluable. You saw it in 2013 after a rough start, you know, that was a really good Rams team, but they lost a couple of just brutal games early. You know, they lost to Tulsa on the road in a game that they definitely shouldn't have. And they lost a couple other, you know, San Jose State, a couple other just tight ones at home. But that game against Alabama, it it showed them that, you know, they were capable of playing with anyone. And that Rams team obviously ended up closing really strong down the stretch, went on to win the New Mexico Bowl against Washington State, one of the best college football bowl games ever. And there were there were some parallels with that, I think, in 2017 because CSU came out after that Alabama game and, and went 4-0 to begin non-conference play. Obviously ended up not closing as strong and, and that season ended up ending pretty brutally. But the first half of the season was a lot of fun. The entire point of actually watching that game was so that I could go back and watch the Warren Jackson touchdowns, which never ceased to amaze me. I mean, the fact that that dude as a true freshman was able to just go in and, you know, moss those NFL DBs just showed he was different from day one. And man, Michael Gallup, so good. He was so good in that game. Izzy Matthews was actually really good in that game. That was one of the better games of his career. But Gallup, man, they were, they were targeting him frequently. And I actually really liked Bobo's play calling in this. There, He took some heat for how much he ran the football and, you know, particularly in the second half, they were really milking the clock. And then it was funny because they milked the clock the entire quarter and then they go down and go for two and onside at late when you're down multiple scores. But yeah, I, I also liked it because it was just showing, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to give up until the very end. You know, it's all about that mindset, all about instilling the the right, just belief, right way to play the game early in the season. And they did that. They They really did that. Gallup was just incredible. Warren was incredible. Izzy was, you know, pretty solid. Nick, you know, really, really tough. Took some shots in that game. But because CSU ran the football so much, Alabama at least had to respect it. And that was a big reason why they were able to, you know, eventually move the move the sticks a little bit through the air because they couldn't tee off on them. And that's what Bama really did to most opponents all year long. They stop the run, they shut you down, they make you one-dimensional, and then they just tee off on you. That didn't really happen. You know, there were a couple instances where he definitely took some licks. But for the most part, you know, he got back up and, and he played a pretty solid game. He was just a great leader of that team. There was about a, a two-series stretch in the third quarter that was really frustrating. Stevens missed a wide-open throw. BC Johnson, it would have been, you know, a 50-yard touchdown. Just missed the throw. Just completely missed it. After that, missed another guy high. And then a tip ball resulted in an interception. So that was just a really bad three-play sequence. And then they come out with two more straight incompletions to start the next series. So really just five or six other other than the, those 
you know, five or six plays in the third quarter. I thought it was a pretty good game by Nick. Just in general, just a lot of fun to go back and watch these games. Probably going to be doing that a lot this fall, just given that we're not going to have any Rams football. So <laughs> it is what it is, but I had fun watching this one. And if, if you're looking for something to do, I, I recommend going back and watching that game because it was fun just to see him compete. And if you were there, it's it's fun to think about the atmosphere and Bryant Denny and what a, just an incredible stadium it is and what an incredible experience it is. But yeah, that's that's about all we've got for today's episode. Make sure that you're keeping up with everything we've got going on the site right now. We've got the Rugby Sevens party at the DMVR bar this Saturday with my man Colton Strickler. Shout out to him, CSU alum. We work together at the Collegian. Really good dude. I've learned a ton about rugby from him. You can as well if you're in the area. Definitely go check it out. Broncos training camp, Rockies coverage, playoffs with the basketball and avalanche. It's a really, really fun time to be a pro sports fan in Colorado right now. A little bit frustrating to be a college sports fan in Colorado, but you know that's nothing new for those of us that have been in this since day one. We will, you know, we will get through this. That's going to be my theme. I'm going to try not to be too much of a downer over the next couple of months. I want to try and create content that excites people, that reminds people why they love college football, why they love college basketball. I'm still really hopeful that we're going to have a college basketball season. Might get delayed, might be shortened a little bit, but just give us some type of college basketball season. We need it. We need it so bad. But like I said, no matter what, I'll be making content. I'll be here for you guys. And that's how we'll get through it together. That's really all we can do one day at a time, one week at a time, one month at a time. All those cliches. Word guys, take care. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands, wear a mask, all that fun stuff. Peace. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want.